Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast here. Super excited to be bringing back the MPM podcast, which is my long form content podcast, a companion to Mental Performance Daily, which is my short form everyday podcast, Mental Performance Daily, two to three minutes a day of mental performance tips, techniques, strategies, stories that you can use as a coach or athlete to close that gap from where you are to where you want to be. Now here in the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast, which I'm bringing back, baby, I have long form interviews with guests. Most recently had PBA bowling champion AJ Johnson, had the CEO of Heroic, Brian Johnson, no relation, here on Mental Performance Mastery. And this is where I'm going to start getting a little more creative, bringing a little bit more juice to you on a consistent basis. Athlete features coach features as well as just some brain dumps that i want to share with you so this episode is going to be my weekly review kind of a recap of what i've been focusing on what i've been working on here inside of the bunker aka my office paradise valley arizona where i live now why do i call it the bunker you might be wondering well my mentor the great ken revisa author of the book heads up baseball when he was a professor at cal state fullerton i got to go back to his house almost every other weekend and spend time in his office down in the basement of his Redondo Beach house that he called the bunker. He'd always say, BK, even though my initials would be BC, he'd say, BK, let's go to the bunker, put some work in. So that's what we're doing here. We're putting work in the bunker. Let's take a look at some of the things that I learned, some of the things I'm focusing on in this last week that I think might be benefit of you. So what are the books that are on my nightstand currently? Well, I got a book called Sane in the Insane World by Greg Harden. Now, Greg Harden is a mental performance coach, also clinical psychologist, sports psychologist, working in the athletic department, University of Michigan. The testimonials on the book, Desmond Howard went from wanting to quit football to winning a Heisman. Michael Phelps, the greatest Olympic athlete of all time, and Tom Brady, who was wanting to leave Michigan and became the greatest quarterback and maybe athlete in the history of the world. So the book, Greg Harden, Sane in an Insane World, if there's one theme that resonates throughout the book with all the athletes that he works with, it's control what you can control. And I think that's foundational for any of us. It doesn't matter if we're an athlete, if we're a coach, if we're an executive. I know we've got all types that listen to Mental Performance Mastery and Mental Performance Daily. You've got to control the things that you can control. That's foundational. So... How do we stay locked into the things we can control? Well, if you haven't done this yet, one of the things I highly encourage you to do, and my friend Jeff Jones, the strength and conditioning coach, mental performance coach for Arkansas State football, he would echo and say this is one of the best things that he's done. Got a great podcast here with Jonesy in the feed. If you search for that, Jeff Jones, Arkansas State football, he'll have his athletes take a piece of paper. He'll write down on one side, can control. On the other side, can't control. And he has them list. And then be intentional about shifting from focusing on things they cannot control to what they can control. 
that's foundational. Like if there was one place to start as a mental performance coach with your clients or one place for you to start as an athlete listening to this, it'd be to start with what you can control. To focus on things you cannot control is going to drive you crazy. To focus on things you can control is going to allow you to be productive. Now, I go all the way back to 2002, three, I should say 2001 fall to 2003 spring, be a little more specific at Cal State Fullerton where I was a grad student of the great Ken Revisa. Um, as you may or may not know, I have Ken Revisa's face tattooed on my heart. Literally, I'm looking at a picture of him I have on my wall of mentors, my daughter, her middle name, Carolyn Kendall Kane, in honor of Ken Revisa. He shared a quote with me, but let me talk about this mentor's wall. As I'm looking at pictures of people, my mother, Dr. Declan Connolly, professor of mine, advisor of mine at the University of Vermont, Harvey Dorfman, author of the mental game of baseball, my high school football coach, John Allen, one of our great mental performance coaches, Gary Tiger and Ken Revisa. I've got these six mentors, headshots on the wall in my office as I'm staring at them right now recording this. I stare at them. I have them in front of me as I'm working because that wall of mentors, these are people that have invested in me. These are people that I'm trying to carry the torch for. These are people that I'm trying to honor with my work rate. These are people I'm trying to honor with how I live my life. So for you, as a coach, athlete, executive, it doesn't matter. As an elite performer, I mean, you're not listening to Mental Performance Daily if you're not trying to push the envelope and, and be the best version of you. You're not listening to Mental Performance Master if you're not trying to optimize every aspect of your life. Like, you're not here because you're average. You're here because you want to be elite and exceptional and keep moving forward. So in order to do that, let's make sure that we lean into something bigger than ourselves. Who are you honoring? Who are you making proud if you put out and you put the best version of you forward? but also who you were letting down if you don't. And you can draw motivation from both of those. Look, we don't live in, in a either or environment. It's an and environment. Like who are you motivating if you, if you live to be the best version of you and who are you letting down if you don't let both of those motivate you? It's like getting motivated by both uh, proving people wrong and proving yourself right. I'm trying to honor Ken Revisa every day, carrying the torch in mental performance. He invested in me. I want to invest in you. I want to make the world a better place through coaching mental performance. There is a great quote that Ken used to put up talking about controlling what you can control as we go back to that. Great quote from former New York Yankees player Mickey Rivers. And bear with me as I'm searching my computer here. I believe I can uh, pull it off of the top of my head, but I don't want to do that. I want to go find the quote. Here we go. Mickey Rivers. I don't get upset over things I can control because if I can control them, there's no sense in getting upset. And I don't get upset over things I can't control because if I can't control them, there's no sense in getting upset. Let me say that again. I don't get upset over things I can control because if I can control them, there's no sense in getting upset. And I don't get upset over things I can't control because if I can't control them, there's no sense in getting upset. Wisdom from the great Mickey Rivers that Ken Revisa put up on an overhead in 2000 and probably two. And I still am quoting it here now, 21 years later. Speaking about overheads and controlling what you can control, I got a tattoo on my quad, my first tattoo I ever got. And it's a picture of a thing we call the existential man. And the existential man is a guy taking a look inside of himself, ripping his chest open. I've put this in most of my books on the, on the, on the first couple pages, if you've read any of my work. And the reason why 
I put it in there is I believe that is like the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to look inside for your answers. The meaning of life is to look inside at who you want to be. The meaning of life is to look inside, as my friend Vitor Belfort, UFC Hall of Famer said, is to look inside and are you living out of preference or principle? He said, Brian, a man lives out of principle. A boy lives out of preference. And for a long time, I lived out of preference. And I'm sure you did too. But when do you flip that switch? Right? When does a boy become a man when a man is needed? When does a boy become a man? I think when he chooses the person, I'm saying man or woman here, chooses to live out of principle instead of preference. Preference, what do I feel like doing in the moment? Principle, what does my system say I do? What does my value say I do? That's what we, how we want to live. The existential man. I'm going to link to these images. I'll put them on my social as well. And as I'm sitting in that graduate school class, it was a philosophy class. And it was one of the classes that Ken Revisa taught of my 30 units in grad school. I think all but three classes. So 21 of the 30 units were with, were with Ken Revisa. It was amazing. I got to see him as his TA every day, work with coaches, work with athletes, work with programs. I mean, every day. And there were times where, you know, I was a grad assistant coach with the Fullerton baseball team. We might be go playing a game somewhere and I would not go to the game, which <laughs> was a difficult decision. So I could go watch Ken work with UCLA volleyball or Long Beach baseball or the Angels or whoever it was. And I just thought that was normal, like in graduate school programs. I just thought it was normal for you to go watch your advisor work with coach athletes or teams. And what I found out is that that's not normal. That's completely abnormal. And if you're in a master's program somewhere in sports psychology or wanting to get into sports psychology in the academic field, which I think is amazing, just be really, really clear that the program you go into, you're going to have an opportunity to get observation hours watching one of your teachers or professors work with coaches, athletes, and teams. Because if you don't, essentially you're reading a textbook. And could you imagine, listen to this, if you're a strength coach, could you imagine sitting in a classroom, learning about exercise physiology, learning about strength and conditioning, never stepping in a weight room and then expecting to go be able to coach? Of course not. But that's what happens in mental performance and sports psychology. So there's a huge gap between like what we learn and what we actually do. And there's a gap in terms of seeing somebody do the job. And that's a gap that my team and I are trying to work to close. We've created the mental performance coaches certification. I'm trying to find a way now where people can get observation hours of me, uh, whether it's whether it's coaching virtually or in person and the times where I've had, you know, people come and observe um, when I've been, you know, fortunate to have college programs like Boston University Women's Lacrosse or always Coach Schlossnagel at Texas A&M, you know, willing to allow me to bring up and coming mental performance coaches with me uh, so they can observe and be kind of a fly on the wall. I've always gotten great feedback from those coaches about having the chance to see that in person because it's, it's an art and it's a science, you know, it's a science and you have to know the research it's an art in the delivery. So, you know, Ken was a master at that and having the privilege to see him work was something that was, that was really cool. So here we are 10 minutes in today and I wanted to recap my week and I'm like recapping my life here. So let me, let me refocus a little bit. So, you know, this week I wanted to kind of use this as an opportunity to talk about some of the things that I'm doing and some of the things I'm, I'm doing in my work that I thought might be beneficial for you. Um, you know, where mental performance daily is a little bit more structured. And I try to keep it to like two to three minutes, kind of like a success hotline for mental performance. Thank you, Dr. Rob Gilbert, um, you know, for doing success hotline. And if you're not listening to that as a part of your podcast on a, on a daily basis, you should be. Um, so I want this to kind of be a little bit more free flowing, you know, a little bit free, more free flowing. So we started today talking about controlling what you can control. And one of my favorite tools 
for continuing to stay on that path is the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. So if you're not reading the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, I encourage you to pick that up. It's a two to three minute a day read where he takes ancient wisdom and blends it into kind of everyday common sense language and, and is able to help you make sense of what it means to be a Stoic. And, you know, Ken Revisa was a Stoic. Nick Saban was a Stoic. Bill Belichick was a Stoic. Stop! I don't need to say anymore. I don't need to say anymore. Revisa, Belichick, Saban, you should be doing it. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. That's Mount Rushmore. So the Daily Stoic, those guys were on it. They were Stoic. They are Stoics. And, and, you know, Stoicism essentially is the belief that the only meaning there is in life is the meaning that you give to something. So being able to choose your attitude, being able to choose your way. And one of the first books that Ken had us read in grad school was a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust concentration camps in Nazi Germany, and he was a psychologist. And his book, Man's Search for Meaning, is about his experience in the camps and what he learned through going through that hell on earth. Uh, it's where the concept of attitude is a decision comes from. It's where the concept of event plus response equals outcome, E plus R equals O comes from. So those are two books that should absolutely be in your learner's library, The Daily Stoic, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, and they're both obviously in my friend Brian Johnson and his his app Heroic. They're in there as philosopher's notes. Let me talk about that real quick because I touch on it on Mental Performance Daily every Monday. So Brian Johnson, CEO of Heroic, used to be called Optimize. He creates things called philosopher's notes. They're 20-minute book summaries, more wisdom in less time. He breaks down a book, gives you the big ideas that you take away, which are the majority of the book. If you think about the 80-20 principle, right? 80% of the job gets done by 20% of the people. 80% of the wealth in Italy held by, by 20% of the population. 80% of what you get physiological benefits from workouts come from 20% of what you do. Tim Ferriss would call it the minimum effective dose. But what Brian Johnson does is reads these books and says, look, if you understand this 20%, these big ideas, you understand 80% of what the author's trying to say. So he's got both Man's Search for Meaning and The Daily Stoic, as well as two of my books, 1% Better in the 10 Pillars of Mental Performance Mastery in the Heroic app. You can check that out in the show notes below as well. Highly recommend it. I look at it daily. So event plus response equals outcome. Attitude is a decision. Essential aspects of your elite mental performance. And, you know, as I look back at my calendar this week, and as you may or may not know, I block out every minute of my week. I try to assign every minute a task. I've got a great podcast here in the feed with Jonathan Falcone, should I say, with respect, Lieutenant Jonathan Falcone. He was a guy who worked on a garbage truck when he was in high school, went to Yale. He was the captain and goalie on the Yale lacrosse team and went to work on Wall Street decided that wasn't for him, ended up going to uh, do a master's degree at Princeton and then enlisted in the Navy, became a lieutenant on the McCain warship in the South China Seas and is now a, a professor at the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island. And Lieutenant Falcone and I stayed in contact throughout his journey. Great podcast he's got uh, where he talks about some of the key principles he learned through mental performance as a Yale lacrosse player 
and things he took and brought to the ship, one of which was E plus R equals O, one of which was get comfortable being uncomfortable, one of which that he uses every day and encourages his sailors to is time blocking and quote unquote, unsign every minute a task. Meaning every minute of your day should have a task, a block. And it doesn't mean it's work all the time, but is it family time? Is it free time? Is it workout time? Is it sleep time? Is it AM routine, PM routine? What's that look like? So that's something that's really resonated with me. And I think something that the most successful people that I'm around, whether it's executives or, or athletes, professionals, they are time blocking their day. Now, whether they do it formally with a Google calendar like I do, or they do it kind of mentally and they have an idea to their flow and rhythm of their day, they're doing it. But one of the things that I've been talking a lot with athletes this week, you know, is the Major League Baseball season, majority of the teams are done, the World Series going on now, and we've got players and staff on both the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, so we'll be unpacking this week on, on Mental Performance Daily, some things to look at there, which I'm excited about. But the uh, concept of, of being comfortable with being uncomfortable and the concept of assigning every minute a task to live with intention I think is key. And a lot of these guys are uncomfortable keeping a calendar just because they never have. So just because you've never done something doesn't mean it's not really good for you. And just because you've done something a certain way your entire life doesn't mean it is good for you. Another book I'll recommend by a guy named Marshall Goldsmith. We've had on this podcast as well. You can find all those episodes and we'll try to link to those in the show notes is what got you here won't get you there. What got you here won't get you there. So you might have made it to Major League Baseball as a first-round pick. You might have made it to have a five-year career so far with a lot of success doing it the way you've always done it. But is that the best way to do it? How do we know what the best way to do it is? Because what's worked for you to this point, what if you're only operating at 80% of your potential, but you don't even know it? I think how we look at what's best for you is look at success leaves clues, and so does disaster. So as somebody myself who studies elite performance, what do the most successful people do? And those who fail, what do they do? Those who underachieve, what do they do? Those that overachieve, what do they do? And when I say overachieve, it might be, you know, performing beyond what other people think you're capable of or what your skill set should say. Like if you look at Tom Brady, you'd say complete overachiever. You look at Johnny Manziel, you'd say complete underachiever. What's the difference? If you haven't yet seen the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix, you should take a look at that. There's a great podcast, um, which I'll link to in the show notes here with Tom Brady, where he gives you a glimpse inside of his greatness um, and some of the things that made him great and talking about creating a culture of culture builders when he was with New England, some greatness there. So I'll share those. Um, again, purpose of this podcast is kind of a brain dump of the week. What are we working on? So it's going to be a little bit all over the place. Not usually how I roll. I like to keep things tight, but I was encouraged to just kind of freestyle here. That's what we're doing. So, you know, as I look back this week, um, typically my routine, right? Go to bed at eight, wake up at about five, try to get around that nine hours of sleep. And I try to give myself a 30 minute window. So it's anywhere probably between, let's say target time, 830 to 530. So it would be more likely I'm going to bed between eight and nine and waking up between 430 and, and uh, or I'd say five and six, let's say. So target time, 830 to five. 30 minutes on either side. So go to bed between eight and nine, wake up between 4.30 and 5.30 would be the goal. So if I'm looking at my calendar here, time blocked, um, you know, it's going to be sleep, 8.30 to 5, a.m. routine, 5 to 6.30, which is like getting on a treadmill, trying to get 10,000 steps in as I'm walking and I'm doing readings. I'm reading the Daily Stoic, Jocko, Discipline Equals Freedom. I'm reading the ABCs of pitching. I'm going through my 30-day program notes. I'm calling Success Hotline. I'm listening to Mental Performance Daily. I'm listening to Imagine Golf. 
I'm checking my whoop score, my aura score, my Garmin score. I'm kind of getting on that sleep and recovery train, trying to learn more there. And then I get into a lift and then I'll go get in the cold tank that I got a Therafrost cold tank. I'll go 10 seconds under two minutes in 10 seconds under get out, uh, rinse off in the shower. And then I get dressed and I go pick up CK cane out of the crib and try to get out the door. It's about 6.30, 6.45, and I try to get out the door about 7.15, 7.30 to get her to school, get back about eight o'clock, and then I have about a one hour kind of admin block, eight to nine. I'm coaching usually 30 minute calls, one after the other, maybe an hour call up until five, and then it's back into family time, five till about seven, 7.30 when CK goes down, and then I usually grab Josie and feed her 7.30 to eight, and then the bear, comes out after kind of doing her bathroom routine and then she takes Josie and then I go to bed about 8, 8.30. So that's kind of the way we rinse and repeat it here Monday through Thursday. Friday, I try to schedule no calls, leave it a little bit open for me to do mental performance daily, do some more creative work, prepare for upcoming, you know, certification enrollments, um, book out next week, do kind of a lot of my admin, check my email, things like that. And then Saturday, Sunday, man, I try to unplug. I try to plug into family and unplug from work. Uh, Kane family tradition here. <laughs> we get up about 530. I'll hammer some, usually it's just me, maybe my, my, my wife and we're going college game day, six to nine. Love that. And then after that, we do a little family walk kind of activity until about noon. And then Carolyn and Josie take a nap. And then usually the bear and I go work out and then it's family time until seven, go to bed, rinse and repeat. Sunday is a little bit more flexible, kind of hanging out doing whatever. So that's kind of what the week looks like. And in most of those coaching blocks this week, if I look at it, as I'm staring at my calendar here, um, most of the work I was doing was sort of processing the 2023 season with some of my baseball clients and then game planning for their 24 off season. And the way I designed an off season program is I look at phases. So I say, okay, season's done. Let's call it October 1st. For most of these guys, they kind of take off about three weeks or whatever to do to kind of just unplug, go to Mexico, do whatever they do. And now about this time, they start kind of getting the body moving again. And what I want them to do is I want to say, okay, what worked for you in 2023? What were the things that made that you felt like were most helpful, most successful? And what do we want to accomplish in the 24 off season? So it's kind of a lot of goal setting and reflection. And then we update two things that I think are essential. We update their success checklist and we update their journal. And the success checklist is we use an app called Habit Share and it's just a digital checklist and I can see what they're doing and they can see what I'm doing. And we break up that checklist in the, into the blocks of their day. So an AM routine, what are you doing in the morning? Kind of baseball or athletic block, what are you doing when you're working out? PM routine, what are you doing when you either get home or before you go to bed? And then their um, like family routine or other routine. So we have those in there to placeholder on what it is they should be doing. And the same placeholders we have when they're in season, but the activities change. So they're still in the system of elite habits and intention with their checklist, but what they're doing changes. And then we also go back to the journal because every day I want them to use a journal where they set an intention for the day and then reflect on the day. And during the season, I have them do their journal at the locker in their street clothes before they shift into baseball mode and then do their post-game journal reflection in the uniform before they shift back into street clothes. But now most of them are doing it in the morning. And what they do is they start actually with the reflection. They reflect on yesterday and they say, okay, what were three wins? What were three gratitudes? And what do I need to start, stop, and continue based off of yesterday's behavior? Then they set their intention for the day. What's my one word focus? What are my three keys to keep it simple now? What are my three affirmations? 
and what's my most important task for the day. And that entire process takes, I don't know, around five minutes, a little bit less if they abbreviate. And then that helps them reflect and set intention for the day. And then typically after they do their journal, they'll open up Habit Share and log what they did yesterday in their success checklist. We use the journal as a trigger, right? So I wake up, do my morning routine, trigger, journal. I finish the journal, trigger, I do Habit Share. And then trigger, I look at my calendar for the day because I've planned tomorrow today, meaning the day before they've planned what they're going to do today. And they look at it in the morning and then we go to work. And I feel like that's been a recipe for success because it helps people to stay organized, helps them to stay really um, productive and efficient and on purpose with purpose. Let me say that again, on purpose with purpose. Uh, I had some cool calls this week with with both staff and players that are in this weekend's world or this week's world series with the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. And one of the things we talked about was, you know, world series, but same game, new series. And I think if you think about the World Series, it can almost be too much, right? Like thinking about the World Series and, and this is it and this is what I've dreamed of and this is what I've been working my entire life to get to, it can almost be too much. So with players on the Rangers, I said, hey man, this is the Arizona Series. And players on the Arizona, I said, hey man, this is the Texas Series. So just look at it as another series against another team. There's going to be more cameras. There's going to be more hoopla. There's going to be more energy. There's going to be more environment. And obviously, you know what's at stake, but you don't give yourself the best chance to earn what's at stake by focusing on what's at stake. You give yourself the best chance to earn the outcome you want by focusing on what you're doing in the moment. So the whole mentality is around WIN, what's important now, what's important now. And I can tell you actually who's going to win the World Series. It's pretty clear and pretty obvious to me having players and staff on both organizations is the team that plays the best. You see, the best team doesn't win. It's the team who plays the best. So who's going to win the World Series? The team that plays the best. Would you say that the Rangers and the Diamondbacks were, were the two best of the 12 teams that made the Major League Baseball postseason? Absolutely not. I mean, the Braves won over 100 games. I think the Dodgers won over 100 games. The Orioles won over 100 games. But we're looking at, and the Phillies, you know, we're... we're Defending, I think, World Series champions. I can't even remember who won it last year. I'm not going to take the time to look that up because it's not that important. Um, <laughs> but they were unst- they looked unstoppable. And who's there? The Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Why? Because they played better. So I'm fired up for the for the World Series kicking off here this weekend. Um, game one on Friday, October 27th should be a doozy. And yeah, that's it. That's the week recap. Got some. Other things, let me take a look at the counter and see. Started with two brand new major league players this offseason, which was super exciting. And as we started with them, you might be wondering, Kaner, when you start with a new player, what do you do? Well, the first thing I try to do is get to know them and their motivations and what they want to accomplish and why they're working with me. Because my job is to help them get what they want. And then as we get into it, what I've started kind of as a foundation with players and and with clients is I start with what I call the four step player development formula. So step one, set your intention. What do you want? Step two, schedule it. Use your calendar to measure out when you're actually going to take actions that will take you closer to getting what you want. Step three, measure it. Keep your success checklist to actually make sure that you are honest with yourself and your evaluation of how you're doing, getting closer to what you want. And then step four is reflect and refocus. Use the journal. What did I learn from today? What can I do better for tomorrow? So, you know, establishing that at a three hour meeting yesterday, I had a two hour meeting two days ago for, you know, initial meetings with these guys. And it, it takes a long time because when they're talking about what they want, I'm listening, I'm taking notes. I'm trying to capture all of that so that I can make sure that as I'm looking at their notes moving forward, everything that I'm doing 
is helping them accomplish what it is they want to accomplish. So been a great week here. Um, yeah. Excited for what's coming up next week. I mean, man, if there's any people listening to this that are in college or you're in high school, wherever you are in your life. And it's like, you know, if you're going to ask me the million dollar question, Kaner, what do you know now you wish you knew when you were in high school or in college? I would say, find what you love to do. Live in sin. Now you might be going live in sin. What are you talking about? Look, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about living in sin, S-I-N. Now he calls it hedgehog principles or hedgehog concept, but I call it living in sin because now that I have your intention, I think it's a little bit simpler to remember. Sin, strengths, interests, needs. What are your strengths so good that you could be best in the world? What are your interests so much that you would pay to do what you do? And what does the world need so much they'd hire you for your expertise? If you can find the intersection of SIN, strengths, interests, needs, or the place that those overlap, you will be world-class, you will be in demand, you will be unstoppable, and most importantly, above all that, you will be fulfilled doing what you love. And when you get to do what you love every day, work is not a problem. Motivation is not a problem. It's not work. This is fun. This is play, right? There's a great uh, quote called the master in the art of living. It's a, it's a poem. Let me read this to you because I think this, I'd like to think this summarizes my life here. James Mishner. It says the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing to him, he's always doing both. Let me say that again. James Mishner, the master in the art of living, the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which he simply pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing to him. He's always doing both. So what are we doing here? Are we working or are we playing? I mean, I guess you could say we're doing both. It's work. I get paid to do it but it's play. It's what I want to do. So if you can find your strengths, your interests and what the world needs and overlap those, you will be fulfilled and you will be unstoppable. And that's what we're trying to do here with mental performance mastery podcast and mental performance daily podcast is help you tap into that greatness that's inside of you, help you tap into that best version of you. So you can be, have, and do whatever you want in this game we call life. So you can be most fulfilled and you can use your skills to make a positive impact in the world in service to others. Thanks for being with me here this week. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Let's dominate the day and stack together great days on top of great days on top of great days to put together a great week. Let's go dominate the day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. Please be sure to check out our sister and companion podcast, Mental Performance Daily, linked below in the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments that you think can help us to improve Mental Performance Mastery or Mental Performance Daily, please don't hesitate to share those, whether it's leaving a comment here and a review or heading over to Instagram and dropping me a direct message at Brian Kane Peak. I value your suggestions. I value your time. And I want to make sure that we're constantly delivering you the value to help you close the gap from where you are 
to where you want to be. Thanks for being with us and let's dominate the day.